1: And here on The Cigar Dave Show, we do not lose the meaning, the true meaning, of what this weekend is, and specifically what Monday, Memorial Day, is. We don't celebrate on Memorial Day. It's not a day, as far as I'm concerned, is for, for sales and, 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 and all sorts of TV commercials saying, get a great deal on a grill. To me, we remember the true meaning of Memorial Day. We observe Memorial Day. We pay tribute to all those men and women who served this nation, who died while serving in the armed forces in active duty. And we also remember all those who are no longer with us who did serve. We honor their memories. We pay tribute to their memories. And we shall do so today. Special edition of The Cigar Dave Show, front and center today long Ash greetings and salutations, a long ash snappy salute, semper delictatio. Always pleasure, long live the Alpha, make America great again, screw the enemies of pleasure. We are able to conduct pleasure maneuvers and to live our lifestyle on this Memorial Day weekend because of the sacrifices of great men and women who have served, who remain forever young, And today is our tradition as we come to you today from the Bad Monkey, which is a military-inspired bar here in Ybor City, the historic cigar-making area of Tampa. We're here as the SOFIC Convention, the 2018 SOFIC Convention, the Special Operations Forces Industry Conference is here, and we have some incredible guests, some incredible veterans, generals, high-ranking officials, because we love being amongst them, especially on this Memorial Day weekend. So I ask that you observe with us, and as our tradition on Memorial Day, we will conduct the Pledge of Allegiance by the great John Wayne, the National Anthem by National Anthem singer for the Buffalo Sabres, Doug Allen, and then a rendition of Taps. We ask that you remove your caps, you rise, as we observe the beginning of Memorial Day. men and women who served our great nation in the armed forces, who paid the ultimate sacrifice, we honor you, we salute you, and for those veterans who served and are no longer with us, we salute you as well, forever a grateful nation. We will continue front and center from the Bad Monkey in Ebor as our, we conduct our special Memorial Day edition of the Cigar Dave Show.
0: Memorial Day is a time to reflect for those who fought for the USA and paid the ultimate price to ensure our freedom. From all of us at The Cigar Dave Show, we remember and thank you.
1: I am very pleased to inform you that as of 12 noon today, ticket sales opened for the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, presented by Gurkha Cigars from Buffalo Riverworks, Buffalo, New York, Saturday, August 11th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It will be a day of alpha pleasure maneuvers. Great cigars, incredible spirits, culinary delicacies, live nationwide broadcast of the Cigar Dave Show. We have sold out the Cigar Day Valfa Pleasure Fest on the water for the last four or five years in Buffalo. I've added a few more tables, so we will sell out again. Get your tickets early. It is an all-inclusive VIP ticketed event. One price, you get everything, including, from the time you walk in at 10 a.m., a gift bag including six magnificent Gurkha cigars, including the brand-new Gurkha Chateau Privé. Unbelievable cigar, all perfecto sizes, the Gurkha Marquesa, the Gurkha Ghost Gold, as well as existing Gurkha brands, the Gurkha Ghost, the Gurkha Havana Legend that we launched last year in Buffalo, and the Gurkha Royal Challenge. Incredible cigars. The three new cigars making their official debut in Buffalo. You'll be the first to have these great cigars. You will get a scrumptious buffet, scrumptious, including... Salem Smokehouse Buffalo Hot Dog Station, Pasta Bar, Carnivore Carving Station, great desserts, all the fixings, libations, samples from great distilleries, and great beers from Hamburg Brewing. It's going to be an incredible day, live nationwide Cigar Dave broadcast. Tickets are $170 plus the service fee. Go to CigarDave.com for all the tickets and info. Guaranteed, this will sell out. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water presented by Gurkha Cigars Saturday, August 11th, Buffalo River Works, Buffalo, New York, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Cigardave.com for tickets.
0: Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die men who mean just what they say the brave men of the well for many memorial day has come to mean the unofficial start of summer at the cigar dave show we never forget the true reason for the holiday honoring those who made the ultimate sacrifice for the united states of america
1: The ballad of the Green Beret as we conduct Memorial Day observance maneuvers from the Bad Monkey, Ybor City, a tradition we've been doing it now. Sergeant Steve, what, about four years now we've been doing it? It is owned by General David Scott, retired from Central Command here in the Cigar City of Tampa. And the Special Operations Forces Industry Conference taking place this week in the Cigar City, and we have access to some great Americans and the first great American that I want to welcome to the Cigar Dave Show for our special Memorial Day edition, a previous guest, Scotty Neal, a former Green Beret and one of the founders of American Freedom Distillery. And also, the movie 12 Strong was based upon Scotty and his other Green Berets that were the first horse soldiers in Afghanistan in 2001. 2001. 2001, Scotty, great to have you once again. Great to see you. A lot has changed in the past year since we spoke last.
2: I think so. I think we've been on a great adventure, and we've been very quiet. And uh, since the movie's come out, we've introduced our bourbon. And that kind of wraps our, uh, you know, if you look at the history of America, it is wrapped around bourbon. It is wrapped around, you know, spirits all together. And that's how we embraced it about two or three years ago.
1: Well, American Freedom Distillery, you're based in St. Petersburg, yep. correct? St. Petersburg, yep. Florida. Love the, the, the slogan, legendary men, legendary spirits. <laughs> exactly.
2: So some of us, once again, we have a statue of Ground Zero that you know commemorates. It's a um, monument, not a memorial, but and the movie 12 Strong, a uh, documentary called Legion of Brothers, and there's books about it. But really, all of us are the band of brothers of this generation. We came together after we got out of the military. We decided to fight the contracting, to fight everything else, and discover our own passion. And that became bourbon.
1: Well, not only bourbon, but you've also got Wrecker Rotten. Yep. You've got uh, Horse Soldier Bourbon, American Neat. So we're going to talk about all those spirits. But, Scotty, just as a refresher, because I know our alphas listening would love to know about you Then we'll get into the distillery. Tell us where you're from, a little bit about your background and how you uh, decided to serve this nation.
2: I grew up in uh, central Florida. My grandfather was one of the first cowboys in Florida, believe it or not, at the time. There was more cattle in Florida than there was in Texas. He brought the first rodeo. He made fiddles and violins. Uh, Charlie Daniels, the original band, had bought his fiddles. And I grew up in that Central Florida cattle area. What, what part of Central Florida? What's in it? Orlando, outside oh, no, no, no. of Orlando,
1: Kissimmee. In Kissimmee. Sure, that yep. Boy, you wouldn't oh, recognize yeah. Kissimmee from when you grew no,
2: up. No, no. Uh, it's all Space Mountain and uh, Disney World it's and gro- hotels,
1: restaurants. So when you were there, when you grew up uh-huh. and your grandfather came, it was cow pastures.
2: It was. It really was the center point. So if you think Orlando's in the center of uh, Florida and everything slopes down to the East Coast and West Coast, it really was cattle. It was black bears, it was panthers, it was really uh, Osceola turkeys, it was the wild, wild west. So when I grew up, I was a very kind of Huck Finn kind of person, and that's why I always wanted to join the military. So as soon as I graduated, there was no college in my future, it was the Army, and away I went.
1: Where was basic training, and where well, did you serve? basic training
2: was Fort Benning, Georgia, I was an infantryman, and uh, I went out to Fort Ord, California on the west coast. After about a year, there was a little kind of buzz about a country called Panama. And that was my first experience in the combat. Uh, It was over very quickly. Uh, We were overwhelming forces. And then uh, I remember the movie John Wayne, which obviously you played earlier, and the Green Berets, and I said, that's for me. And so I went to Special Forces Selection and Assessment Course in 1992. Uh, Out of 300 people that uh, assessed in there. Only 40 were selected to become Green Berets, and that started my path to become an adventurous
1: young man uh, in the Green Berets. Many people may not realize about the Green Berets. Tell us, give us a little primer about the Green Berets, what they do, why they are different and special. First of all, I'll tell you, people don't realize that Green Berets have more training
2: than an F-16 fighter pilot. We are trained in languages. We are trained in cultures. We are trained in our individual skill, whether it's about every weapon in the world, every um, uh, demolitions and how to build bridges to facilities and engineering. A special forces medic goes to a medical school for a year and a half. They learn light surgery. They learn um, dentistry. They learn veterinarian skills. They are the voodoo witch doctor of every village out there in the frontier. That I did not realize. Yes. So imagine uh, amputating an arm and doing a gallbladder and delivering a baby. That's a Special Forces medic.
1: That is incredible. And I think many people would not realize that they're actually horse soldiers in the 21st century <laughs> Army. We think of horse soldiers. We're here in Ybor City. Teddy Roosevelt, the Rough Riders. That's right. Okay? I mean, great Very history so. right where we are here. Same
2: thing once again with my family. Uh, my my da- dad's side, the family was involved with the Alamo, everything. But actually, after 9-11, and a lot of folks d- d- don't know this, but Green Berets were sent into Afghanistan to figure it out, to give the country resolve. If you remember the Doolittle Raid after World War II, sure. remember you know Pearl Harbor, and they had to re- strike back. So President George Bush, which we've become very good friends with, had um, sent Green Berets, and they wanted us to go into the mountains and raise a guerrilla army so in case the Marine Corps and the army invaded in the springtime, we could unleash the guerrilla army. But what they didn't realize is when they sent the first Special Forces Green Beret team, and they linked up with their very first partisan army, that they came riding in on horseback. Why? Because the Taliban had all the Russian tanks They had all the Russian rocket launchers. They had all the Russian artillery. And they had been terrorizing the Afghan population since the Russians left. And all of a sudden, the way to maneuver was to be on horseback in the mountaintops and ride around all the tanks.
1: I did not know that. That is incredible. So you, you went in basically with deception? No. We went in with a very unknown
2: mission of going to the mountains, Hide. Remember the movie Red Dawn? Right. The Wolverines? Yep. That was the mission. Same thing. So,
1: did you go in with uniform or did you go in? No. In Afghan
2: garb. We didn't know who we were going to meet. It was in the middle of the night. You come off a helicopter. They didn't even know, not even the agency, not even anybody knew the warlords at the time. They said, go and make rapport, make friends. You know, tell them why your problem is their problem and how we can help.
1: So give us the, you, you, you get in on a horse. Where'd you get the horse, by the way? Well, the horse came because,
2: remember, the Mujahideen fighters had to ride around the mountain types around the, uh, the Taliban tanks. So that's all they had was so a had very, very crappy Mongolian, nasty, nasty, feral,
1: short horses. So you get these horses, you start riding them. What do you first encounter? What do you see? Well, the first thing they wanted to know is what is 12
2: Americans going to do against 30,000 Taliban and tanks? It's a show of force. Right. And what they didn't realize, they don't know what a B-52 bomber is. Right. They don't know what an F-18 is. And what we had is, is the 20th century fighting meets 21st century so george jetson meets
1: fled flint or fred flintstone right exactly so were there people that spoke afghan i mean what what it's luckily that green berets learn languages and some
2: of us learn how to speak russian so remember the russian occupation so we Ah. had to use third or fourth languages pointy talky a map what's a map Afghans had no concept of a two-dimensional map. right? So it it took about a day or two days to say, who are you, who am I, what are you doing, what are you going to do about it? And it really became, you know, a a factor of trust.
1: And how did you develop that rapport where all of a sudden they trust you? Because the very first time,
2: it goes like this. They pointy over there and says enemy Taliban in Russian, Talib, right? And you can understand they're in bunkers. They have tanks at the bottom of the mountain, and they're like, what are you going to do about it, 12 Americans? We're looking through the binos. You're looking through, you know, quiet. And all of a sudden, what you're doing is you're ordering a B-52 strike, the might of the American Armada. Within 32 seconds, you have 1,000-pound bombs dropping upon the headquarters of the Taliban. And then they knew... All of a sudden they're hugging you, we're yes. buddies, we're they friends. They cheered, they high-fived, <laughs> it just broke the back. To Think about when the Americans uh, entered the war in World War One, when the Germans and the British and the French were engaged in trench warfare, nothing broke it until the American Yankees came in and they brought technology and a different understanding and they changed the tide of war.
1: That is uh, really truly incredible that... They're looking through the binoculars. You're ordering it. You have a sat phone, or what do you have? A secure five four. And they're like, "What's going on? What's?" Got, look to it. Don't look. Poof. And they must have been astonished.
2: They did. It did. It was really this this jubilation. It was the erasing of twenty years of misery and oppression, and and just really the Taliban had oppressed Afghanistan so much. It was just a realization that we can win.
1: Scotty Neal, former Green Beret officer, and one of the co-founders of American Freedom Distillery, joining us on our special Memorial Day observance on the Cigar Dave Show. One of the, well, not one, yeah, one of the first horse soldiers in Afghanistan, Green Beret. So after that, how long after you're dropping the B-52 bombs until the might of the U.S. armed forces are fully invaded into Afghanistan? So
2: actually, that was October 19th, 2001. I think it was less than a month later, uh, previously that 9-11 happened. I can tell you right now that in less than 90 days, 100 Green Berets and 300 Special Operators had did what the Russian Army couldn't do in 10 years. They had overtaken the Taliban. They had expelled Al-Qaeda. They had taken the North. They had taken the South. Small teams of 12 Green Berets, along with other special ninjas at the night, had came in, and they had just obliterated the defenses of the Taliban. Unfortunately, we're still there today. That's a whole other conversation. Right, exactly. But uh, it really happened that fast.
1: And how long were you in Afghanistan?
2: I was there for six months at a time, and we high-fived each other because we thought we won. Right. Well, so on horse,
1: your initial foray into Afghanistan. So think
2: about it. Came in on a horseback. At the end of the initial um, three weeks, we had raised an army of 2,400 horseback cavalrymen and 500 infantrymen until we passed into Majerah Sharif, the biggest city outside of the mountain ranges. Then we took all the catcher trucks and we invaded conduits. Then we took all the catcher Taliban tanks and we became armored. So what you don't see in the movie 12 Strong is... 12 Strong is only the first two weeks of battle. That's
1: incredible. So, so you were there six months, and then you came yeah. back. And then, How many tours did you do? in, a, in a Altogether,
2: phase? it was seven tours. Uh, we The same group invaded Iraq. The same group then went to Af- uh, I- uh, Africa. Then we went back to the heaviest fight in Iraq. So it really is this generation's band of brothers. Some have passed, and we honor them today. Absolutely. Some are still fighting. The younger guys that were the junior... They are still involved with the fight today.
1: Our Memorial Day observance on the Cigar Dave Show continues.
0: The 2018 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, is Saturday, August 11th at Buffalo River Works in the Western New York Theater of Operations. It's a day full of alpha male pleasure, including six premium Gurkha cigars, including three soon to be released new brands, distilled spirit tastings, craft beers from Hamburg Brewery, and a buffet fit for the alpha male. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented By Gurkha Cigars is Saturday, August 11th in Buffalo, New York. Get your tickets now at cigardave.com. In
3: 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle always focus on quality, never on quantity.
0: an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy. It's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers.
1: Our Memorial Day observance from the Bad Monkey Ybor City continues front and center, and we will have the Armed Forces medley in the background as we pay tribute to the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, the Coast Guard. And in just a few minutes, we'll be rejoined by Scotty Neal, former Green Beret, one of the first... Twelve men into Afghanistan in 2001, and also a co-founder of American Freedom Distillery. It's a good thing we've got him here because we're going to need a libation along with our special cigar that we're enjoying today. I've got Yanko Maceda, the owner of Tabanero Cigars here in Ybor City, bringing back their tradition. Yanko, you read my mind. I didn't even call you, and you were here, so we greatly appreciate it. And you have just given me a special cigar private label bad monkey that you make for General David Scott and everyone here at the bad monkey. Tell me about this incredible Tampa made cigar.
5: Hello David. Thank you for the opportunity. This is a cigar especially for David because he loved the box press. So he's been uh, asking us for a while to do a box press torpedo is something that we don't usually make. It only comes out through the Maceda line but we did one for him more of a medium cigar. And it's a blend of uh, Piloto Dominican Piloto for the strength and the Nicaraguan Seco and Colombian bolado with a Ecuadorian binder and Ecuadorian songrove rapper
1: and I know you get these from our good friends the Olivas John Janito, yes, angel great uh, rapper this is a beautiful Figueroa. I mean this is this to me just the box press uh, torpedo this is what about Five and a half inches? Yes, sir. Five and a half inches by fifty-four. Fifty-four in that square press. That is tight. That is fantastic. Thank Suggested you. retail for the cigar. That one is uh, seven dollars. Seven bucks, fantastic. All right, we will continue. Thanks.
0: Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device.
1: Alright, got my self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready for action.
0: Maximum BTU flame throwing and heat producing apparatus.
1: Scotty, you could have used this in Afghanistan. This thing has got about 100,000 BTUs <laughs> special <laughs> from the Cigar Dave R&D Laboratories. By the way, you, an enemy gets in this, or touches this, doesn't know the right button to press, it self-explodes. I mean, self destruct. <laughs> There's like, a lot of
2: caves in Afghanistan we could have used that in. I'm sure you could have. <laughs>
0: Cigar Cigar. pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. All right, perfect cut. I will toast the foot of this cigar.
1: I'm just looking at this cigar. The wrapper is oily, the feel in my hand. The bad monkey square pressed. Torpedo. And you said about eight bucks, uh, Nanko? Yes, sir.
5: Uh, Seven dollars.
1: Beautiful. Tax, yes. Made right here in Ybor City.
5: And how many rollers do you have now? We are right now five rollers. Beautiful. We bump production. We've uh, been a great season. Oh, like, the wrapper is fabulous <laughs> right on The draw, the wrapper. Fantastic. You, great you. draw. We run our entire production through a drill master. Ooh. We pay attention to the details.
1: Ooh. Low on the foot. Fanta- Scotty? Go ahead, my friend. Let me cut it real quick. Oh, that would help. There you go. That would help. I could use my karate chop, but I'm a little older. There you go. (laughs) Fantastic. Let me show you. There you go. Fantastic. And we're going to toast it for you. We give you great service here on the Cigar There you go. Five star service, my friend. You know we don't want you lifting a finger except to uh raise it to puff and rotate that's
2: how they used to start the jet engines back in the day that's exactly <laughs> right you
1: put four of these on the back of your car it becomes a 747. all right fantastic the draw on this cigar is incredible Thank great box press torpedo you, magnificent pro all right quickly yeah go last year we had the flagship from your line yes sir which uh i'm trying to remember another also it was a torpedo box The torpedo press, box yes, sir. press, phenomenal. Yes. Sir. yes sir. Uh, which, what is that one called? Masita. 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 That's Masita. right. That's yes, right. Sir. Fantastic. And you've got mild, medium, you got everything, and yes, made right sir. here in
5: Tampa. Yes, sir. Made Maybe. right here in Tampa by Cuban artisans. And you are on uh, on Seventh Avenue. I'm in the corner of Sixteenth uh, Street and Seventh Avenue, right across from Central Eboard. Just we, down
1: the street from the Colombian, the Bad Monkey.
5: Yes, sir. Can't and miss it. And give me your uh, website. Sure. It's uh, besttampacigars.com.
1: Besttampacigars.com. Yanka Macedo, we appreciate it. As always, great to see you, my friend.
5: Thank you. it be my pleasure. Fantastic.
1: You, All right, Scotty Neal, former Green Beret, uh, first, one of the first 12 horse soldiers in Afghanistan in 2001. You came back to the U.S., got back into civilian life. What did you do before you got in the distillery business? It's very interesting.
2: I... Um... You know, I felt very compelled. I've lost a lot of brothers. I have um, Their families were kind of changed and transitioned. So I was a director of development for the Green Beret Foundation. So I traveled the country, I told the case, I raised a lot of money. Uh, I actually raised uh, some of the money for the statue at Ground Zero, which is a horse soldier, an 18-foot bronze. And then at the time, I realized that you know, A lot of Green Berets, their only economic opportunity was to be contractors, to go back over to the battlefield. So I created a program called The Next Ridgeline. And it was about, if you think metaphorically, how am I going to get from here to there, right? All the valleys and pitfalls and everything involved. I, I um, actually developed the program, and I went to New York City, we raised $2 million, and then I quit. And I said, if I can't go start my own business, this program's a lie. And out of that, that's what started the venture for uh, making good whiskey called American Freedom Distillery.
1: All right. And how many partners do you have?
2: I have 10 partners altogether. Nine of us are all green berets. And uh, one is the wife of a green beret. She is like Snow White and the seven dorks. And uh, we've we've been really, the horse soldier bourbon's been taken off.
1: All right. So, your distillery is in St. Petersburg. Yep. All right. Available for tours. Can people come over and get Not yet. We're not yet?
2: fully uh, open yet. Our, when we launched the brand right when uh, 12 Strong came out, we had sold more bourbon in one month than we thought it would take a year. Wow. Now, in let's
1: the, let's talk about that bourbon because yeah. the Horse Soldier, obviously named after all of you, the Horse Soldiers going into That's Afghanistan. That's right. A little victory. Now, it is a weeded bourbon uh, whiskey. Now, when I think of a wheat bourbon whiskey, it's going to be a little tamer, a little calmer, but tell us about, uh, did you distill this? Did you source, it? give us an idea of this, this So, whiskey. when the movie came out, we had
2: been going up to um, uh, our distillery. We have two distilleries. One's up in the Midwest, and for the last two years, we've been putting away 100 to 200 barrels a month, but they realized that we had an opportunity with the movie for recognition. So, the master distiller as they were teaching us how to taste barrels and do single barrels and small batches, they said, all right, we're going to let you um, enter the market with an aged product because with bourbons, you can't rush it. You can't microwave a bourbon. Right. And what we didn't have is have time. And for a small struggling distillery, you know, we couldn't wait. We could, but we wanted to. But financially, it was hard for us to wait for our product to come in. So, yes, it's not sourced it was given access to. And what you taste now is you taste an eight-year-old weeded bourbon, the same mash bill as a pappy, as a Weller. When when wheat is soft, rye is like fire, it's like charge. A weeded bourbon is victory. And that's what we made, and that's what we're making today. We've got about, I don't know, 1,000, 2,000 barrels aging. But to get into the market, yes, we, we were given access to age five. All right.
1: Well, let's say cheers, cheers to the memory of all the great men and women that served in the armed forces. May they Thank rest you. in peace. And we honor and memorialize their service. This is the American Freedom Distillery Horse Soldier, your signature bourbon. Let me take a sip. Yep. Whoa. That's got some serious wood notes on it, yep. some nice warmth. That's got a lot of... That's got a lot of. Uh, it has got a lot of American horse Now you in can there, lie you to that. me. That's okay. No, no. I'm a vet,
5: right? No, no, you know what I mean.
1: Tell me all about it. No, this has got. For a weeded, I thought it was going to be milder because you're talking about the wheat. Yeah. The mash bill on this is 70% yellow dent corn, 20% soft red winter wheat, 10% two-row barley. To me, I'm getting a little bit of rye in here, but I'm mistaking that probably for the woodiness. Well, I think also you probably here. have
2: the barrel strength, so that's 113 proof. Oh, is this the proof. barrel strength? Yeah.
1: Okay, that changes everything
2: Yeah. Now. Okay. That's where you get the heat and a little bit of the energy out of it. Okay. Uh, it should have been an ice cube in that probably.
1: Okay, because General David Scott handed this to us. I thought this was the original horse soldier. So this is the barrel strength. Well, that changes everything, and that proof now, this is barrel strength proof, which is what? About uh, 113 one th- out of that barrel. Correct. 113 compared to your 95. 95. And you say, well, 95 to 113, that's not that much. Trust me, that makes a huge difference.
2: All day long. And I, I think right away when you said there's heat on it, I knew. You know, it's like my child. Y- you know what I mean? I could tell right away. It's uh, A barrel strength is meant with a nice ice cube. The good thing about our barrel strength, try it straight
1: up.
4: Mm-hmm. You,
2: you
1: get an energy. You put a little bit of water, it starts to mingle. I just put a little branch, which is also known as water, mm-hmm. and just one ice cube. And that changed the entire complexion. Very, very pleasant. Very, very nice. And what I'd like to tell
2: everybody is the, the, the lady demographic for bourbon tasting right now is astronomical. And I call weeded bourbon a gateway bourbon because it's soft. Whereas a rye, really, you got to earn it, and it burns, and you gotta you can taste it in your mixed drinks. A weeded bourbon to ladies. So if you're looking to introduce your wives to
1: your favorite bourbons, start with a weeded bourbon. No doubt about it. So you've got the Horse Soldier Signature, yep. the Signature Barrel Strength, which I have, yep. and then you've got the Commander Select Weeded Bourbon Whiskey. Tell me about that. The
2: Commander Select, so out of 1,000 barrels we tasted to fill this small, ba- it's not small, but as you're tasting barrels, it was a unicorn barrel. So Mark and Bob, the Commander, as we were learning from the distillers how to taste, we found the perfect barrel. Now, the thing about the Commander Select is it is um, it is a commemorative bottle, hand-signed, hand-selected, and portions of that money goes to support the statue at Ground Zero, the 18-foot bronze horse soldier that overlooks Ground Zero. So think about his soldiers, we really responded to 9-11. It is the only memorial to soldiers and veterans at Ground Zero.
1: Fantastic. What we're going to do is we're going to come over to your distillery. Yeah. We're going to bring the cigars. We'll do an entire show. We'll do tasting. We'll talk with all the ten partners. The nine that are. Let's uh, do uh, that are green bourbon berries. barrel aged cigar wrappers. Beautiful. We'll do it all, and I've got an idea for a special. I think Alpha whiskey. Yes. That we need to. do. By the way, I saw your phone went off. You got a picture of a German shepherd on there.
2: That's my Belgian Malinois. Oh, that's a Malinois. Okay. Yeah. I've got a his name shepherd. is uh, Loki. Very and nice. And he's my service dog. He's called a call Mallon Gator. So special ops, we jump out of airplanes, we That's assault it. the objective.
1: There they're you go. buddies. Well, they're closely related to the German Shepherd. Yep. I have two, just added another one today. We've got Aha. Pendragon's Royal Baron, an 8-week-old puppy, joining my 12-and-a-half-year-old Pendragon's Royal Sultan. Great canines, no question about it. Scotty Neal, former Green Beret, co-founder of American Freedom Distillery, amongst the first 12 horse soldiers in Afghanistan in 2001, Thank you for your service, my friend. Thank Great you very to see much. you again. Good to Congratulations. see everybody. Yes, sir. And we're, we're coming over to St. Pete. Thank you. All right, we will continue from the Bad Monkey Military Bar as we continue our special commemorative edition of Memorial Day here on the Cigar Dave Show
0: the Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is the Placencia Cosecha 146. This cigar is an exquisite combination of tobacco leaves from the Plasencia 146th harvest in 2011 and 2012. The leaves from Honduras and Nicaragua produce a unique flavor profile from both countries. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club.
6: Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now cigarrights.org.
1: As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So the Officers Club was born. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brick House, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliffe, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars.
0: Service men and women who paid the ultimate price serving our country we at the Cigar Dave show thank all who serve and we will never forget
1: our Memorial Day observance front and center from the Bad Monkey Military Bar in Ybor City the traditional historical cigar making area of the Cigar City of Tampa and uh, many guests from the Special Operations Forces Industry Conference in town this week in the Cigar City on Memorial Day week and it is my pleasure as we listen to the Marine Corps hymn to welcome Corporal Forrest Buff, retired United States Marine Corps. Forrest, great to have you here and you have got a very compelling, very interesting story. First of all, where are you from?
7: I'm from a little town in North Carolina called Rutherfordton. Rutherford. Now, where
1: is that? Uh, what part of the state is that?
7: It's a western part of the state near Asheville. Uh, near Asheville. Near Asheville. Evening,
1: Fantastic. Yeah. In the mountains. Uh, and yeah. North Carolina is a very diverse state. It People is. don't realize that. And uh, tell us about your background. When did you enlist? And uh, you served, I think you told me, from 2000. 2005
7: to 2009 was my active service. Four years. Tell yep. us
1: uh, about your enlistment and well, what prompted you to join the Marines.
7: Well, uh, I was in high school uh, when 9/11 happened in the ROTC program at my high school, and uh, we saw those uh, images on the TV, and and I knew that was uh, that was what I needed to do. As soon as I uh, graduated, and I actually graduated early uh, in order to go to boot camp when I was 17, that was my decision, and I've uh, I've lived with that. Ever since, yeah.
1: all right, and uh, very interesting story. I think you told yeah. me you did two tours in Iraq. Yeah, two tours
7: to Iraq, and
1: all right, and you were injured in combat.
7: Yeah, yes, uh, my uh, actually second convoy. I was in a logistics battalion. We did uh, we did logistics convoys to uh, other uh, smaller bases around where we were stationed. Uh, hit. Uh, I was a driver of a Humvee. Hit an IED. They they tell me it was about 25 pounds of. Uh, Russian ordnance that exploded uh, got my knee pretty bad for a few weeks uh, and uh, brain damage permanent brain damage from that but that's uh, that's what, about the extent of that. Well,
1: you look great, and uh, well, thank you. I'll tell you what you've got a very compelling story because when you uh, left the Marine Corps, you decided to go back to school.
7: I did. Yeah, got a business degree uh, from Western Carolina University. Moved back home and, and went through that process and. Currently, I've uh, I've moved to Tampa to to attend a cybersecurity boot camp called SecureSet Academy.
1: And I, I didn't realize there was that that existed in Tampa. Tell us about that.
7: It's a it's a it's a very hands-on technical training program for I'm in a an analyst program. I've got about three weeks left in the course. They uh, teach a lot of uh, technical skills and, and tools to use for uh, for for uh, analysis of, of cyber threats and.
1: First of all, where is the program located? Is it uh, MacDill Air Force Base? It's,
7: uh, it's actually right here in Ebor City. Oh, it where Ybor? It's about a couple blocks from here in uh, the old, uh, an old hotel, an old Cuban hotel.
1: Beautiful. So you can come by, have a cigar and a cocktail, and then uh, you know hit class. Yeah,
7: do it all the time on the way home. And- <laughs>
1: that works great. <laughs> yep. Nope, no problem. So tell me, uh, cybersecurity, uh, are you going to be on the programming side or the threat detection side?
7: Yeah, it's more of an it's more of an analysis side. We've all got to do a little bit of programming, mostly just for automation, tool automation. But the crux of the program is, is based on threat detection and uh, instant response.
1: And how do you like living in Tampa so far?
7: I love it here. I love it here. It's a great town. Ebor, I, I actually live a few blocks from this bar in Ebor, and it's uh, it's a great, great town. I uh, I wasn't expecting it to be this this hospitable.
1: What did you think Tampa was going to be like?
7: I, I don't know. I don't know, thinking back. you know. I just, it's a little different from what I'm used to. You know, right. I'm used to more rural area, but right. this is a it's very uh, very easy going, nice uh, nice clean town that uh, yeah, very friendly.
1: Well, when I moved here, it'll be 30 years in December. Trust me when I tell you this; you would never in a million years have lived in Ebor City yep. when I first moved here. It is incredible how it's changed. I mean, Seventh Avenue basically was like two blocks, and uh, then it there's nothing around it. And it's incredible how it's really expanded. And now, like you say, you go to school here, you live in Ebor City, and Tampa certainly has changed. So tell us, when you, uh, you've got three weeks left in the program, mm-hmm. and then what do you anticipate, what would you like to do? i uh, got a business degree and you've got that cybersecurity specialized degree. What would you like to do?
7: Uh, my, my long-term goal is to uh, to work in management, like uh, penetration testing, management penetration testing being like uh, professional hackers that uh they, uh, their job is to go in and, and find the uh, the vulnerabilities and and attempt to uh, infiltrate the system within a within a corporation uh, right now I've actually just accepted a job with a, a company called GuidePoint security in st uh, st. Petersburg
1: so you're gonna stay here I'm you're gonna gonna stay, stay in the here. area yeah, fantastic I'm stay here for a while yeah beautiful yeah. fantastic so guide point security and they do cybersecurity and threat detection
7: yeah, they're a uh, third-party service provider for several uh, several large corporations. They do the security services. Well, the
1: good news is, uh, chances are, computers aren't going away, and iPhones and mobile devices. So you're going to be at tremendous job security when it comes to cybersecurity, without any question. I think you picked a, uh, a great field. So. When you decided you want to get into cybersecurity, is it what you thought it was going to be, or is it a little bit more intricate? Has it been like uh, the challenge that you were looking for?
7: Uh, it's definitely been challenging, but I've, I've never turned down a challenge. Uh, there's been a lot of, lot of different tools I've used that I never thought I'd use. Uh, scripting languages I'd, I didn't think I'd have to learn that, that I, uh, I've had to embrace. All right, but, so,
1: so let me ask you this: So we use like I think I've got ESET security. There's McAfee, Norton. Any those um, any good, or you're talking the stuff you do is major threat detection?
7: Yeah, we, we focus more on uh, on on enterprise threats. So so finding finding vulner or uh, finding threats that already exist in a system that that may may not have been detected by your your ESET or your McAfee or your your Bit or any other antivirus software. That,
1: Fantastic. Well, Mm -hmm. Corporal Forrest Buff, retired United States Marine Corps, we appreciate your great service. Congratulations on your career, and many thanks for uh, all you did uh, for this great country. We appreciate it. And uh, welcome to Tampa. Uh,
7: Thank you for having me, Dave. I appreciate being here.
1: Fantastic. Hope to see you again. Our number one of our special Memorial Day commemorative, I should say observance, uh, and really commemoration is in the annals of history. We've got another great hour coming to you from the Bad Monkey Military Theme Bar here in Ybor City as the big Special Operations Forces Industry Conference continues. Memorial Day weekend, a salute to all of our great veterans.
0: This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. It's time for the General Cigar Dave.
1: We have moved Command Center Alpha front and center to the Ford Theater of Operations, the Bad Monkey Military Theme Bar in Ybor City, the historical cigar-making area of the Cigar City of Tampa. And this week in the Cigar City, we have a plethora of great Americans, men and women, that are attending the 2018 Sophic Convention and that is the Special Operations Forces Industry Conference. And this is the fourth year we've come to you from the Bad Monkey for our Memorial Day observance. We don't celebrate Memorial Day here on the Cigar Dave Show. It's not a time uh, for just to go to the beach and play golf and to go pick up a grill or a lawnmower on sale. We know the true meaning of Memorial Day, and we observe it front and center, and we pay tribute to all those great men and women that served and remain forever young on the battlefield, as well as those that serve that are no longer with us. And we welcome you back, hour number two. Have a great lineup for you this hour. It's my pleasure to lead off this hour with Staff Sergeant Pete Quintanilla, who heads the Allied Forces Foundation, served as uh, in the Army, 2nd Ranger Battalion, Fort Lewis, Washington. Sergeant Quintanilla, great to have you on The Cigar Dave Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, tell us about your background. Where are you from originally?
4: uh originally from guam from guam, My guam. Parents were, yes and
1: people forget guam is part of the united states yes it is um air micronesia yeah, going in and out of exactly. there exactly yeah and and uh it's very interesting because guam is an interesting place I, have, I remember actually in our social studies and geography looking at it not a huge
4: island no relatively small island 31 miles long and four to eight miles at its widest
1: it's incredible and uh to get there from here, if you were to fly, it's what, about 15 hours nonstop? It's a long ways. It's a long way. Yeah. Long way from home. Long
4: ways from where I currently live, yes.
1: Right. So tell <laughs> us, uh, you, you, you grew up in Guam.
4: Tell us about enlisting in the Army. Well, I actually didn't grow up in Guam. Oh, you didn't? My father is a retired Command Sergeant Major in the Army, Vietnam oh, veteran. Gotcha. Okay. So I actually grew up all over the United States. Oh, you did? Uh, I was born in Hawaii. That's kind of how I got into my whole, my all my uncles, Vietnam vets, my dad senior enlisted guys and I kind of this whole romantic thing about the military service. Right. I, I totally bought into it. Got out of high school. I joined the Army. And I want to become an Army Ranger. And, and that's we'll, not easy to become an Army Ranger. No. Not at that time. It still isn't. Still in. isn't today. It's, it's harder to actually stay there than once to get there. So.
1: Remember the uh, Rangers that scale the cliffs at Normandy. Point to Hawk. Yes. Very, very big. And I'm sure in Ranger school they talked about that. Those are some incredible men as I'm sure you are, and uh, tell us what the Rangers do. A lot of people have a misconception.
4: Tell us about the Army Rangers. The Army Rangers, we are the premier light force to go in and um, get the bad guys. We are not, uh, you know, we're not special forces. You know, special forces goes in and teaches local forces how to fight, and there's other units that do stuff. We go in and we do, we bring the thunder down on what needs to happen. Uh, we're not there to play nice, do nice things, and um, we're, uh, you know, as we say, we're America's uh, hammer.
1: Fantastic. And uh,
4: how long did you serve uh,
1: in the uh, U.S. Army?
4: I was in there for 10 years. I'm medically retired now. I got shot, and uh, medically retired. And where were you shot serving I was where? in Panama. So I got Panama. these nice oh, gotcha. little.
1: Uh, gotcha. So you really, uh, I, mean, I mean, that was uh, major service. Yeah, really? I mean, hey, what you got to do? What you got to do? Now, you head up the Allied Forces Foundation. So I'm the director of the West Region. Director of West Region. Close enough. Which I just just promoted you. Yeah,
4: exactly. I love it. I'm already moving up. There you go. So tell us about the Allied Forces Foundation, what they do, the background. The Allied Forces Foundation, um, it was around for about four years before I got on board. And uh, it's a multinational, obviously, you know, Allied Forces Foundation, UK, Dutch, U.S., and a lot of the things they did is what I call wellness. And you know, I've been in this the, the, the helping out of veterans and, and service members for a while. And one of the things that we do is we go. In fact, we're leaving in June to take 60 U.S. members to team up with allied forces, U.K. Navy term Yomp, your own marching pace. And we're going to do it's 56 miles, 24 hours. How fast and how far can you go? Really? And our whole thing is that, hey, get off your get off your butt and get back to work, get get get. life still out there. You may lose a leg, whatever, you've been injured, whatever. And that whole thing is about let's go out, let's get out there and make America great type of thing.
1: You know, I think people forget that the service doesn't end just because uh, somebody's no longer in the theater of battle or they're not serving. That doesn't mean their service is ended because Correct. in many cases it's not just physical, but it's, it's mental as well. And I think that uh, the one thing that I think every American would agree on is that... Especially what we've seen the last number of years, we need to do more for our veterans, especially when they leave the service. It doesn't end. Correct. So, Allied Forces, uh, a foundation, you basically are helping transition people that, that were in, that were
4: injured, getting them back in to We do routine both, life. so we do active duty and we do veterans. Active duty, too. But, but, but what, what our little twist of this all is, is what we call, besides the veteran getting out and doing things, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's just kumbaya. Everyone needs to be together around a campfire type deal. But what we're starting to incorporate is that there's, there's 48,000 nonprofits that do something for veterans. Right. Are they doing the right thing? They're trying. Right. I'm not going to say it. But are they doing the right thing? Well, you know, that's, as, you know, that's, a, that's debatable. What we want to do is we want to bring research in there. We want to bring academia in there. We want guys, like you say, that can still do giving back Yes, they're injured, but whatever their injuries are, we want to team up with the University of Washington currently, which we're doing, University of Pennsylvania. And we want to go out and do research for the betterment of not just the military, but mankind. Prosthetics, cancer, TBIs, PTSD, which is kind of our main thing, but sure. it could be anything. And we want to make that kind of a model for anyone to pick up in the United States and do something in their community, get their veterans or their active duty people congregated and to do something that's for a bigger cause. Staff
1: Sergeant Pete Quintanilla retired from the U.S. Army 2nd Ranger Battalion. He's the director of the West for the Allied Forces Foundation. So where is the Allied Forces Foundation headquartered? Give us a little history.
4: So right now they're out of Leesburg, Virginia. Okay. And it's run, it was started by a guy named Stuart Taylor, who is a uh, warrant officer or command sergeant major in the uh, British Army, uh, EOD guy. And, uh, you know, he just cares. He's his own private business guy. Um, And he came up with this concept of of doing more, and he brought me on. Um, I used to work for the Special Operations Command. I came out, saw what he was doing. I said, hey, we can take this even further. There's a lot of groups out there that do a lot of good things. We don't do everything great. We don't need to. We can find those other people, team up, alliance, and we can do everything great for our veterans.
1: So how many people now are involved with the Allied Forces Foundation?
4: Uh, currently on staff, so everyone on staff is a volunteer. No okay. one gets paid. Gotcha. Um, there's about 40 of us, roughly, that pick up, come out. But to this date, we've taken over the last five years to, to one of the things we do in Scotland. We've taken, um, well, so I speak for the Special Operations Command. This year we're taking 14, but in the past three years, we've taken 65 Special Operations, to include some females that, that do work with us, um, over to Scotland. So roughly, our numbers are, uh, I would say about 700. You know, we're in the 700. We're, we're we're taking a big. There's no group right now that. So this does really this. started as
1: one man, a grassroots type yes. of uh, type of uh, passion, labor of love, and brought you on, and it's really expanding and growing. So it's really in its infancy.
4: Well, if you call it five years in infancy, but yes, yeah, it, it was kind. Yeah, when yes, you Think about it, it. Really is. Yes, because uh, it wasn't. It was just like, hey, I want to do good things. And everyone has good good intentions, but then it comes down to, like, hey, what can you really do? And that's where, you know, oh, you know, I, I, I hopefully I'm coming in and, and, and the others that are with me to really make an impact on our military and, and society in a whole. Where do people find out
1: more information about the Allied Forces
4: Foundation Allied to Allied Forces involved? Alliedforces.org. Alliedforces.org. Um, yep. And are you, you're going over to Scotland? I am. So, you know, how we do this thing, it's a big pomp and service. You know, British... They like their uh their pompous circumstance, so which is cool. I mean most Americans don't like it, but hey. So it kicks off on the sixth this year. It kicks off at the British Embassy right. in D C. It's a big deal. The Scottish Prime Minister or First Minister will be there. Right. Um, and then we all fly together as a group to Scotland, do our thing. Just and then everyone flies home. And then we're gonna do it every year. Well, just remind the Brits that if it weren't for the Americans, they'd all speak German. <laughs> just tell them that. They love that. They oh, love yeah. to be reminded I, of that. I tell them every day. Every so I often. Got, there's three of them right there. Oh,
1: there you go. <laughs> Perfect. And if you tell everybody, listen, if we complete this, once we complete it, all the scotch you can drink at the end. That it's is correct. beautiful. Yep. Maybe while you're there, you'll be able to take a tour of some of the distilleries. They give there's, samples.
4: There's two on the list. So.
1: Two on the list? Yep. Fantastic. The- well, Staff Sergeant Pete Quintanilla the director of the West Region of the Allied Forces Foundation, alliedforces.org. We appreciate your service, my friend, and thank you for stopping by. Tampa, been treating you okay this week? I love Tampa. Come back anytime. I will. Pete, pleasure. We appreciate you. you joining us today on our special Memorial Day observance of the Cigar Dave Show. When we come back, we'll change it up a little bit. We'll be joined by J. Paul Pepin, Zydeco Brewing right here in Ybor City, He's got some samples for us. Cannot wait to. And he also brought a big muffle a sandwich, which has been devoured. So, by the way, Pete, help yourself if you want a little snack here. No problem. We will continue front and center. From the Bad Monkey Military Bar in Ebor City, right around the corner.
0: The 2018 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, is Saturday, August 11th at Buffalo River Works in the Western New York Theater of Operations. It's a day full of alpha male pleasure, including six premium Gurkha cigars, including three soon to be released new brands, distilled spirit tastings, craft beers from Hamburg Brewery, and a buffet fit for the Alpha mail, the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, is Saturday, August 11th in Buffalo, New York. Get your tickets now at CigarDave.com.
1: I am very pleased to inform you that as of 12 noon today, ticket sales opened for the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, presented by Gurkha Cigars from Buffalo Riverworks, Buffalo, New York, Saturday, August 11th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It will be a day of Alpha Pleasure maneuvers. Great cigars, incredible spirits, culinary delicacies, live nationwide broadcast of the Cigar Dave Show. We have sold out the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water for the last four or five years in Buffalo. I've added a few more tables, so we will sell out again. Get your tickets early. It is an all-inclusive VIP ticketed event. One price, you get everything, including, from the time you walk in at 10 a.m., a gift bag including six magnificent Gurkha cigars, including the brand-new Gurkha Chateau Prevay, Unbelievable cigar, all perfecto sizes, the Gurkha Marquesa, the Gurkha Ghost Gold, as well as existing Gurkha brands, the Gurkha Ghost, the Gurkha Havana Legend that we launched last year in Buffalo, and the Gurkha Royal Challenge. Incredible cigars. The three new cigars making their official debut in Buffalo. You'll be the first to have these great cigars. You will get a scrumptious buffet, scrumptious, including... Salem Smokehouse Buffalo Hot Dog Station, Pasta Bar, Carnivore Carving Station, great desserts, all the fixings, libations, samples from great distilleries, and great beers from Hamburg Brewing. It's going to be an incredible day, live nationwide Cigar Dave broadcast. Tickets are $170 plus the service fee. Go to cigardave.com for all the tickets and info. Guaranteed, this will sell out. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, Saturday, August 11th, Buffalo Riverworks, Buffalo, New York, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., CigarDave.com for tickets.
0: Whether you're enjoying a good barbecue, hanging out with friends, or traveling this holiday weekend, remember to take time to honor and remember all those who gave their lives for the freedoms we enjoy today. At the Cigar Dave Show, we believe every day should be Memorial Day.
1: I would certainly concur with that because the people that have lost loved ones, And friends, on the battlefield, it is Memorial Day for them, 365 days a year. Our special Memorial Day observance this weekend. And we come to you today from the Bad Monkey, our Ford Theater of Operations, Bad Monkey Military Bar in Ybor City, which is the historic cigar-making area of Tampa. And my pleasure to welcome J. Paul Pepin, the proprietor of Zydeco Brewing, longtime name in the Tampa Bay area, Pepin known for... In the beer industry. And the last time I saw you, Paul uh, uh, was at another brewer, well, we can say who does with uh, Joey Redner over at Cigar City Brewing.
8: Absolutely. And you were
1: taking a tour, and we were enjoying some fine samples, and clearly you got the bug and decided you were going to do your own thing. Zydeco Brewing, right here in the Cigar City of Tampa. Absolutely.
9: Yep. On got that cor- New Orleans theme. On the corner of 19th and 7th Avenue fantastic and, uh, there's nothing closer to bourbon street anywhere in the country than 7th avenue the architecture it smells the same. better it smells well, much yeah. better well we we haven't got that far yet but yeah <laughs> you're exactly right the architecture is the same the lamppost, everything it it just it just exudes new orleans so why not we haven't had good new orleans down here since uh, the devonza family left with cafe creole back in the back, back in the late 80s at the
1: el pasaje uh, yeah, hotel boy absolutely. i remember cafe
9: creole that was a great place
1: i've been here uh, It'll be 30 years in December, and that was one of the first restaurants I went to. Yep. And I uh, used to hear Ted Webb, our good friend from 970 WFLA, a, a legend who just uh, retired, would talk about the El Pasaje, talk about some great stories, and uh, Cafe Creole, fantastic place. So tell me about Zodico Brew Works. It's B-R-E-W Works, W-E-R-K-S, little German twist in there. Yep. Tell us, so it's uh, you've got a brewery, food, I mean, you brought
9: uh, some uh, delicacies here.
1: Tell us about the place. I brought
9: uh, I brought you a mufalata sandwich. Well, we are. Uh, I got to take a taste of it We here. are I mean, New Orleans-inspired. Um, we have uh, shrimp and grits. We've got gumbo. Oh we've got Uh If you like Creole food that's missing from ebor we're back. Mm. And uh, we've got a great chef down there um, That that's just absolutely kicking it out of the kitchen. My brewer and partner, uh, Paul Rutherford, is, is uh 14-year veteran out of Philly. Um, he loves German lagers. A lot of the um, craft brewers don't do do lagers because they take too long to age. Uh, we age them for four to six weeks, and uh, they they normally don't have that much tank time to to dedicate to to a certain brand. Uh, but we've got four lagers on tap. We also have our, our Belgian strong ales. We've got we've got the IPAs, double IPAs we got the whole gamut with the Russian Imperial Stouts as well. When did you open? Uh, we opened about two months ago. That's it. Brand yeah, new. Absolutely. Virgin Territory.
1: I'm glad you came by. I know General David Scott sent you over, and you brought uh, some uh, some delicacies for our crew and our guests. Yeah. And then you said, I got some beer. I'm like, well, bring over some samples. We got a sample here, and the first thing is the lager you just talked about.
9: This is the uh, this is the Ebor Premium. It's a Hellas lager. Should be very oh, easy this and is smooth. Oh, yeah. It's easy. Uh, watching a ball game, you want to you want to drink five, six, mm. seven of these and not walk out of there. Uh, you know, speaking like Gumby goes <laughs> with
1: a great mild-bodied cigar. Absolutely fantastic, no I mean, doubt. Very, very smooth. Wow, this is incredible. Now, your stuff is only available at your brew Works, Correct. at your brew pub. So it's not available in stores. You nope. got to go to the brew brew pub to check it out. We
9: are not in distribution, uh, and to the um, to Ooh. the dismay of my brother. <laughs> but, you know, that happens. Well, let me, let
1: me give you a little bet for our, our uh, alphas that are listening, lieutenants that may not uh, know the name. Pepin Distributing here in the Cigar City of Tampa is synonymous with uh, Anheuser-Busch products. I believe correct. Augie Bush, who used to have a place in St.
9: Pete, uh, fam- longtime family friends, if I'm not mistaken. He was. Uh, my father and, and uh, August Bush Jr., or Gussie, uh, were best friends. And actually, if you, if you come to Zydeco, we have two eight-foot slabs, uh, our tables, our friendship tables, we call them. Uh, Peter Bush um, actually called me 10 months ago, and he said, uh, is your brewery open yet? And I said, no, Mr. Bush, why? And he goes, well, I'm going to send you a little present. And I'm thinking a neon or something I can hang in the window, which right. w- wasn't going to happen. But <laughs> uh, I get these eight-foot slabs. These are 200-year-old sycamore planted by Ulysses S. Grant Wow, from Grant's farm, harvested from the Bush estate. Uh, and he said, because of the relationship because, uh, between your father and mine, I, wa- I know that they would want you to have these in your brewery. So I was absolutely humbled uh, and, and excited about these tables. And they are our centerpiece of our brewery right now. Well, I think America misses more family-owned companies
1: and uh, clearly, Zotico Brewing, that's a family, kind of a family labor of love. And next up,
9: we're going to be trying what? This is a Belgian triple. Belgian triple. With triple uh, of what? Uh, it's, it's called a Belgian strong ale. Uh, you're going to get fruit fruit notes. Oh, yeah. But you're also going to get that uh, bubblegum and clove, uh, which is a synonymous. Super smooth. Thank you. But it's also 8.7 on the Richter scale. That's why. Really? It, this uh, is 8.7 alcohol yeah. by volume? Yeah, that's why it's called bail money. <laughs> That's the name of it. Well, I
1: have to tell this is a great name. But this is so smooth. Got a little sweetness. Sergeant Steve, pretty good, huh? Very, very nice. Wow. Again, mild and medium-bodied cigar. Cameroon-wrapped cigar yep. would be fantastic with this. And then Can't I'm going go to give
9: you one for your. Uh, the next one we're going to try real quick. It's called Tombstone. All right. And it is a Russian Imperial Stout.
1: Wait a minute. Hold on. Bob Muller may be subpoenaing us any day. To testify because it's got the word
9: Russian in there. That's okay. <laughs> Boy, this looks like coffee. This is—it's is... it's got coffee notes, but there's no coffee in it. That's from the uh, right. That's from the malt. And that's what I, it's a, a roasted malt. Correct. You should smell notes of chocolate uh, and also the, the but the oh. coffee does come out. Little now, espresso you a, notes. You got a Maduro wrapper. Yep. Perfect. On your cigar it would be beautiful with this. You got it. Oh my, this is fantastic. What's this called? This is the Russian Stout. Russian Imperial Stout. We also have uh, eight bourbon barrels uh, with us in it right now. We'll be releasing those probably around September, October. You've
1: got to save a growler for that for me. Oh, I'm you gotta, coming
9: by. You've got to come by.
1: We'll definitely come by. In fact, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll come and do an entire show right from Zydeco Brew Works during um, Cigar Oktoberfest. There you go. In October, we'll sample everything, have some great cigars. J. Paul Pepin. Proprietor of Zydeco Brewworks in the Cigar City of Tampa, Ybor City. What's your website? Uh, ZydecoBrewWorks.com. Beautiful. And that's W-E-R-K-S, ZydecoBrewWorks.com. Paul, Come. great to see you again. My beers are fantastic. Congratulations. Cheers, my friend. We will continue our Memorial Day observance show from the Bad Monkey Military Bar, Ybor City, Florida, right around the corner.
0: selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is the Placencia Cosecha 146. This stick is a medium-bodied, full-flavored cigar with a complex and sweet taste profile. It's made from tobacco from Placencia's 146th harvest from Honduras and Nicaragua. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. While the men and women we honor this weekend died for the freedoms we enjoy today, the Cigar Dave Show would like to remind you that Memorial Day is observed, not celebrated. So while you enjoy the holiday weekend, never forget the sacrifices our soldiers made preserving our way of life.
1: And we continue from the Bad Monkey Military Theme bar, Ybor City, Florida the historical cigar-making area of the Cigar City of Tampa. And we observe Memorial Day, and we are honored and privileged to have many men and women that are in attendance today, uh, attending the SOFIC Conference 2018 Special Operations Forces Industry Conference, including these two British fine gentlemen. We've got Cy to my right and Stu to my left. Gentlemen, a pleasure to have you on the Cigar Dave Show. Welcome to the United States of America, and specifically, welcome to the Cigar City of Tampa.
10: Hey, thanks so much for having us. It's brilliant. Thank you very much, sir. It's an absolute pleasure to be here.
1: And by the way, Mick the Brit, I should say, I know you probably, we we, we had one of the military-themed songs here. Had I known we were going to have you, because it was a last-minute addition, I would have had God Save the Queen for you. And by the way, Mick the Brit, who is... uh, Colonel in charge of the European Theater of Operations, well known, and sorry, uh, you were mentioning when I said Mick the Brit, you already knew the guy.
10: Yeah, he's great. I mean, I'm I'm based out in the UAE in the Middle East. You know, I fly in and out of uh, the US, you know, on a regular basis on business, and um, you know, and back to the UK. But yeah, what a great guy, you know. So uh,
1: let me ask you, did you bring either uh, any sort of vodka or any sort of beer product?
10: Yeah, I did, but I drunk it all. <laughs> Mick's
1: going to be out of luck. He's going into <laughs> withdrawal as we speak. No question about it. All right, gentlemen, both of you served in the Royal British Army, correct?
8: I, I was British
10: Army, but British I think Army. Uh, Simon Lewis. Simon Yeah, I was in uh, the Royal Marines.
1: Royal Marines, I'm sorry. Royal Marines, Royal Army. So tell us your background, and then we'll get into your involvement with, obviously, Central Command. So Simon, tell us uh, your background, Royal Marines.
10: Sure, thank you very much. So uh, I joined the the Royal Marines in the mid-80s, I spent 24 years uh, in in the Royal Marines uh, finishing up in the last five years service with uh, British military special intelligence and um, I I, I retired nine years ago and I've worked in the corporate world so that's taken me over here to uh, this this glorious part of the world um, seeking business with uh, our great allies from across the pond.
1: Stu, tell us about your background, Royal Army.
8: Yeah, so I uh, originally started my uh, career in the Army with the Signals Intelligence, uh, so I kind of went on the opposite side of Simon, I started in Intelligence and then I uh, I flipped over because it was it was boring, I didn't like it, but I didn't do the same thing he's did and I uh, I ended up in Bomb Disposal doing my side of life and uh, uh, a great deal of that was supporting actually the US Marine Corps is a final part of what I did within, within my uh, career. Uh, my wife's Canadian, though, and she pretty much said we're done now, and I did what every good husband did. I did exactly what my wife told me, and I moved oh, to Canada.
1: Oh, we, we need to talk, my friend. Oh, there we go. Uh, all on. right, the front porch to the back porch is hers. The rest of the world is yours. Right until she makes my life difficult. That's, uh, that's uh, <laughs> the problem right there. Listen, like we say, if your wife doesn't like the aroma of your cigars, change wives. <laughs> so, And the like, other thing, prenuptial agreement, my now, friend. It,
8: it was, I love the coin over here. says, cheap, it's keeper. I had to do that, so it's Okay.
1: So can't, where did you meet her, in, in the UK? Or?
8: Actually, I did, uh, because of the, uh, the UK's kind of uh, love affair with uh, infectious diseases with our animals. My wife's a microbiologist, she came over to the UK to study for that sort of stuff, and we met actually in, uh, in Wales. We're pretty much in the epicenter of all the problems in the United Kingdom.
1: Well, we're big fans of Nigel Farage and Donald J. Trump, so I know both of you gentlemen are on the same page on that. So tell us about how you uh, got involved here in the United States. If I'm not mistaken, you were involved with
8: CENTCOM? I mean, that's right. I mean, we do a lot of work. I mean, uh, our, our companies uh, much the same as Simon's. Now so you're
1: global. private contractors now?
10: Uh, uh,
8: yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
10: absolutely. So
8: how, first of all, Simon, how long did you serve in the Royal
1: Marines?
10: So I served 24 years in the Royal Marines. 24.
1: And by the way, when I look at you, all I can think of Jason Statham is right in front of me. The actor, the transporter, transporters too. I'm I, telling I, you, he's got the luck. Take a picture, Sergeant
10: Steve. I, I thank you very much for that, sir. And um, I like to think that I look as... Uh, as good as uh, the, the legend that he is. No, you look better.
1: Seriously, <laughs> you look you look better. And, and I got to tell you, I mean, I'm looking here, I'm thinking, geez, I better behave the, the, or he's going to crack the, my skull <laughs> in about 100 different pieces.
10: The only difference between Jason Statham and myself is uh, Jason Statham, which is he was a Marine.
1: That's correct. <laughs> but he's got, look at him. We, we've
10: got to get this right. Tell
1: me that's that, Sergeant, take a picture of that.
10: Tell me that does not look
1: exactly like him. It's unbelievable when you see this. Alphas and lieutenants. When we post this, it is. I, I'm telling you, it's. It's Jason. You're better than Jason Statham because you're the real deal. The real
10: deal. We're all legends.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> all right. So,
10: 24 years. Yeah. So I spent 24 years in the Royal Marines. Uh, I specialised in. Uh, I, I started off a uh, military engineering. Um, then went to reconnaissance, uh, recce troop. Uh, specialized a lot in Arctic warfare, jungle warfare. Did a lot of stuff in the desert with the the, the sort of upcoming threat that we have at the moment, or well, not upcoming, but what was upcoming at, uh, during the time. Diversified into military intelligence and became a special intelligence operator. Worked with UK special forces and uh, American special forces in Baghdad on strike operations. Uh, spent five years uh, working in particularly in uh, in, in Baghdad or at the Iraq uh, a- AOR. Um, yeah, and. Uh, yeah, what a, what a what a fantastic time that was! Um, but all good things come to an end, um, which meant I had to leave the military. Um, so then it's like, well, what do you do with your life? You, you have to diversify and you know look at your strengths and weaknesses and you know where where you can take that. And I've ended up in the in the corporate world doing what I'm doing now, which is pretty much similar to what I did then.
1: So tell us what you're doing now.
10: Well, now I work for a uh, a, a corporate company, uh, G4S Risk Management. We have a what, uh, see, give, give us the name one more time. G4S Risk Management. G4S Risk Management. Okay. So it's it's a part of uh, G4S uh, Public Limited Company, which is a, uh, a a global company. We have a footprint in a, a in over 100 company uh, 100 countries. Um, we specialize in specialized protective security services, particularly in complex environments. So uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, Africa.
1: I like how said complex environments. We would call those holes. Here in the United States, as President Donald Trump did, uh, that would probably be a fair assessment.
10: And I'm an absolute fan, sir, in in the way you uh, you position that, and um, uh, a big fan of your leadership here. Um, and, I, and I totally uh, uh, agree with what you're saying. So that's 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 where we go. Right? So I mean,
1: you 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 do corporate protection. So for example, if I needed to be protected from the enemies of pleasure and Democrats, basically you would have a strike force around me. And my motorcade make sure I'm properly secured from the time I leave the pleasure palace to the time I go to Command Center Alpha and anywhere else uh, with the harem. That's what we do. I love it. I love it. Look, look at the look on. Look I'm telling you, Simon, look at the look on him. Like Jason, stay. That's what we do, mate. Kick ass, take names. I like it. I like it. He's a British General George S. Patton, a younger version. I like it. All right, now Stu, tell us, Royal Army.
8: Yeah, I was. And original- by the
1: way, Simon, real quick, Simon, you married? I am, sir. Would you let the wife tell you where you could, couldn't go? I don't think so. I'm,
10: I'm, I'm a very lucky man at the moment because um, I'm 50 years old. Uh, my wife's a lot younger than me, and we just gave, uh, my wife just gave birth to a, a little boy five weeks ago. Mazel Tov, which, congratulations. Thank you very much, sir. And, and that means it puts me in a unique position where um, I pretty much travel the world doing stuff, uh, pretty much doing what I did in the military but uh, looking for sort of business opportunities and um, looking, you know, uh, uh, across the globe at, you know, um, what various countries' strategies are and how they how they, how they want to achieve them. And the fact that I have the support of my wife to be able to do that, right. uh, having spent such a long time in the military, is absolutely fantastic and uh, enables me to do that. So how old's your wife? That's a golden question. Come on. 36. Beautiful. That's, that's 14 years if you 14. do the You know
1: what? Actually, that's probably, I always say, really about... 10 to 15 is about right, because if you get to like 20, if, if they don't know what an 8-track tape is, forget it, OK? <laughs> Seriously, and a vinyl record, forget about it, cassette tape. All right, now, Stu, tell us, I interrupt you, so you now live in Ottawa.
8: I'm just south of Ottawa, yeah, that's correct. we're, we're, uh, we're south of Ottawa? Uh, I actually live closer to the United States than I do. I live uh, just out, uh, north of Messina. North of Messina, where? Ganana? Yeah, way pretty much. There you
1: go. Hey, I'm from, I went to Syracuse. I'm from Buffalo originally. <laughs> no A Bay, Alexandria Bay, Thousand Islands. Great place to go in the summer. Not so much in the winter. No,
8: no, absolutely not in the winter. That's a place you want to.
1: Fantastic. Around. So you came back uh, to Canada. And uh, tell us about your career.
8: So uh, in my career in the military, like, it originally started for the intelligence side of life. And mostly uh, from a, uh, uh electronic countermeasures. So jamming Any communications, all that sort of stuff. Uh, I like that.
1: Electronic countermeasures. That's right. I like that. I like the lingo.
8: And then we moved over to uh, to bomb disposal. And a great deal of the issues we had here, especially in Northern Ireland, was radio-controlled devices, right. which is a great deal of what we saw in Iraq and Afghanistan. Sure. Um, and I specialize in that kind of threat-defeat sort of stuff. So I moved over to bomb disposal to assist and, and, and promote our uh, abilities to defeat those devices.
1: So does your company go around the, the, co- the globe and handle that? If they, there's a bomb somewhere, your company comes in. Is it with governments or just private Private companies.
8: It's, it's, it's many spheres of things, so we have a, uh, a huge uh, uh, um, kind of a marketplace where we're looking. So we do a lot of work with government level where we're tra- protecting the war fighters, making sure that they have the ability and the confidence to go ahead and engage the enemy without being in, uh, engaged by radio-controlled bombs. But also uh, uh, looking at uh, Simon here from his point of view, where he's got guys on the ground that are also doing private security and making sure that the government can do their job from a different perspective. right? And we're looking also to protect his guys, making sure that they have the ability to, to do that. So we're looking from our sphere of influences, is all the way down from the guys that are supporting the government to the guys that are part of the government, and actually the militaries and and, fighting the war. And you
1: have many retired Marines, not, not only, I'm sure, uh, British, but also American and other forces as Absolutely. well, who have that experience, and now they take that experience and they can apply it
8: and and that's exactly I mean we have to leverage the experience and the skills that we have to fight the enemy and and take that battle back towards them as well and and we can't discount the uh, the skills and the the experience that the guys have and the warfighters have so it's a it's really recruiting the right guys taking them back and then making sure that we uh, we protect and secure the next uh, generation of of warfighters coming through so obviously bomb disposal and and bomb detection
1: you obviously were in the field actively working on that. Oh, it was good and fun, yeah, yeah. That is good fun. I was going to
8: say high stress. I got oh, 10 fingers. I did I did okay. So. That's incredible.
1: That really is uh, is amazing. And, uh, Simon, you were telling me that you live in Dubai. That's where the company uh, transferred you?
10: Yeah, sure. So we're headquartered in London. Okay. Uh, we have a, a global remit. We're in 100 countries um, across the globe. Um, yeah, and um, Dubai is an absolute natural place to be. It's the center of where things are going on at the moment. We look at the Middle East and Africa as our emerging market. So it's it's, it's it's the place to go. It means I can hop on a plane, I'll, I'll be in Kabul or Basra or um, uh, uh, Baghdad you know, in, in a couple of hours. All
1: the places I was looking to travel to this summer on my summer holiday. Ho-
10: holiday destinations. But that's exactly what we plan to do. I mean, we look at um, the market in Iraq, for instance. It's 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 a it's a maturing market and um, things are developing there. We're seeing a, 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 an insurgence of um, you know, tourism. They're, they're they're building shopping malls. They're they're building hotels there. You know. So what we'd like to think is in in 15, 20 years time, right? We're going to have normality in Iraq, and we're there to promote that and stabilize that uh, type of culture. So. Why wouldn't you be two hours away from that?
1: Right. How do you like living in the uh, United Arab Emirates? It must be different than London.
10: Yeah. It's uh, well, it's it, it, it's it's hot in the summer, and it's it's good in the winter, which is uh, vice versa in the UK. Because in the winter in the UK, it's too cold.
1: Right. Exactly. But I mean, just from a cultural perspective, it's got to be very different. Was it a big culture shock for you?
10: Well, not really. No. I mean, I spent 24 years in the military. I'm used to living all over the world. Right. And um, the, uh, the the United Arab Emirates. They they totally embrace uh, Western culture. Um, yeah, you need to you need to fall into line. But then why wouldn't you uh, anywhere else that you go in the world? You need to accept the fact that you're living in a uh, sure. a country that's not yours, and you just go with it.
1: Right. Exactly. Well, clearly the uh, relationships between UAE, Saudi Arabia, Israel, and the United States far closer under Donald Trump than under previous administrations, and we're uh, all on the same page uh you're attending the sophic conference the special operations forces industry conference tampa been treating you well
10: absolutely sir we've enjoyed it very much fantastic um, this is your first time to tampa um uh, no it's not um uh, several times i mean i i, I travel a lot um with, with with work and what have you but um yeah i've been trapped very well um i'm meeting our our, our partners across the globe and um, we've had a very, a very good time we be hosted very well
1: fantastic well Stu, there's a non there's non-stop flights i know from ottawa to tampa so in the winter Come down here for vacation in Holloway. Uh, I need to, you need to kill the humidity down here first. I mean, okay, I'll be honest. But in the winter, when it's minus 20 <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit in Ottawa, and it's uh, 75 here, no humidity, come on down. Trust I,
8: me. I, I'll look you up, OK? You got, <laughs> actually, I'm going to
1: get both of your numbers. Next time you come to Tampa, we'd love to see you. And if I ever get to one of those hot spots across the, what did you call them again? No, 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 you did. <laughs> <laughs> Challenging environments. Challenging environments. I know who to look up. We've got Simon and Stu. Retired British uh, Marine and uh, British uh, Royal Army, uh, respectively. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Final and concluding segment of this Memorial Day observance edition of the Cigar Dave Show comes your way next from the Bad Monkey Military Bar in Tampa.
0: Honoring those who gave their lives for the ideals of this great country, we proudly observe Memorial Day on the Cigar Dave Show.
1: As we conclude our special observance memorial day edition of the cigar dave show and it is my pleasure to welcome uh, two great gentlemen first up general david scott our wonderful host here at the bad monkey and uh, great american retired in 2009 general centcom special operations command master sergeant ted hercules In the Army now, SOCPAC, Special Operations Command Pacific, based in Hawaii. And gentlemen, as always, uh, it is great to have you. General Scott, as always, thank you for your great hospitality and helping us with some great guests as we observe Memorial Day and uh, during this uh, SOFIC convention, the Special Operations Forces Industry Conference. This is the evening epicenter for the conference and uh, for very good reason because you're very military-friendly and I should say cigar-friendly as well.
11: Well done, and we appreciate you being here every year, Dave. No,
1: we we appreciate it, believe me. And uh, General Scott, we always talk about the significance and importance about Memorial Day. It's not just a day for a barbecue or to get a sale, and it drives me nuts when I see on TV commercials, you know, Happy Memorial Day sale. It's not about Happy Memorial Day. It's about observing Memorial Day, the men and women that laid their lives on the line for our freedom, for this country,
11: and those that serve that are no longer with us. Yeah, and I look at it, uh, we got kind of three different categories of Americans these days. There's a a group that just takes for granted what the country provides and what others have earned for them, and they want things from our government. There's a second category that really appreciate what the country has to offer, but for whatever reason, they're reluctant to engage and contribute. And then you got a third category of folks, And they're military veterans, and they're also first responders. Our firemen, our law enforcement officers, and a lot of our international partners, they're giving uh, their lives to making sure that we don't lose the freedoms that we enjoy. So uh, a lot of them are in our cemeteries, and that uh, Memorial Day is the time to reflect on that and appreciate what they've done.
1: Yeah, and I ask everybody that on Memorial Day at high noon, you're out at a barbecue playing golf just stop for a minute and remember all those men and women who can't enjoy those things because they laid it all on the line remain forever young on the battlefield and i've always said general scott i really believe that this nation should have one year of mandatory service from 18 to 19 years of age even if people don't go into the military but they serve their community somehow i think that would drastically change how people perceive their country and we get rid of this uh, millennial snowflake generation where everybody gets easily offended that are soft. I think this country's gotten too soft, and I think uh, a little bit of toughness would be good and a harsh dose of reality for many of these uh, kids. I Listen, at 18, I would have done it. The day I turned 18, I registered for selective service. They wouldn't take me in the Air Force because of my eyesight at the time. But uh, I really believe one year of mandatory service would be a great thing for this nation.
11: Well... I agree with you in that we need to keep the spirit of service alive. And if we take it for granted, if too many people go into that first category, uh, the rest of the world is just waiting to hand us, you know, hand us defeat and we'll lose our freedoms.
1: Absolutely. Master Sergeant Ted Hercules, by the way, love the name. (laughs) I mean, Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Uh, Uh, I've heard uh, that before a little bit. I'm sure you have. (laughs) That's by the way, great, great. Yeah. Ho- if you ever want to go into acting in Hollywood, it's perfect. Yeah, right. But in the Army, it's sock pack. Uh, tell us first of all where are you from.
12: From Wisconsin. Wh- so
1: cheeseheads. Yeah. You, so you're a
12: Packer fan? I'd go hunting during the Packer games. All the public uh, hunting areas would be abandoned. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> there you go. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> all
1: right. Well, uh, and and tell us about sock pack and
12: and your experience in the Army. Well, Special Operations Command Pacific. Uh, we do is we uh, plan and coordinate all. Uh, special operations activities throughout the uh, Indo-Pacific AOR. Basically, think. And what is AOR? Uh, uh, area of operations okay. or area of responsibility. So, basically, think uh, from India, right, all the way over to the uh, west coast of uh, you know California. So, anything that takes place, special operations-wise, uh, we have a hand in that. How so, long you been I mean, in the army? Been in the army, coming ON 17 years.
1: Long time, 17 years. And how long have you been in uh, special operations?
12: Uh, the entire time. Really? So I came in uh, basic training uh, with a, a infantry contract, and then uh, uh, in August 2001, and then uh, 9/11 occurred while I was in basic, and that's when they opened up uh, uh, special forces to uh, uh, guys coming right in. So, Beautiful. That came in.
1: so did you see uh, duty in
12: Afghanistan or Iraq? I've been to Afghanistan uh, once and Iraq once. Uh, most of my experience is in, uh, is in the Pacific. So, And that's
1: very interesting because people don't realize, because we're mm-hmm. so far removed from the Pacific, but well, what an important region it is, mm-hmm. and Hawaii, you know, I mean that—that that, again, a geor- a, geog- uh, a geographic epicenter of what goes on, mm-hmm. and uh, again, people don't think about it because it's so far removed, but very, very important in the world.
12: No, it, it is uh, has, uh, I think, about a half the world's population, um, okay. and uh, quite a few. When you when you look at uh, some of the, the adversaries we're facing, it has quite a few there because a lot of folks they think of just uh, just the one as terrorism and all, but there's there's many out there. And well.
1: Master Sergeant Ted Hercules, Sock Pack Army, and General David Scott, retired CENTCOM Special Operations Command, thank you both for your service. And I say to all of you on this Memorial Day weekend, please remember the true meaning. Cigar David, General saying, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. To those men and women that pay the ultimate sacrifice, we salute you. We honor you. Your memory remains alive. You remain forever young.